Welcome back, everybody, to the third episode of Tall and Taller. Another good weekend by the Wolverines. Uh, put a nice little spanking on Northern Illinois. Offense and defense both look great again. Uh, ben, what do you think? You know, I, I thought we we seen what we wanted to see. We haven't seen it in a long time. Um, you know, we took care of opponent. It was clearly beneath us um, in the way that we should, you know, the way that the big teams do. I'm, I told you last week I was trying to temper my excitement a little bit, and now it's getting a little bit harder. You know, we're getting – we're getting a lot of national attention, some acclaim. People are already throwing playoffs out there. Uh, I'm not going to drink that Kool-Aid yet, but <laughs> it's, it's hard not it's to get harder every day. But it, yeah, you know, no. it, was good. it was good to see. We did, you know, uh, scored touchdowns on what it was at our first nine possessions and, and, you know, um, played, uh, our boss said he thought we played 106 players, played six quarterbacks, six or seven running backs at least. The only, uh, I think there was only really two starters that played any significant time in the second half. Um, other than that, you know, they were second, third, fourth, fifth string. Um, so it's good to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, touching on the nine straight touchdowns, eight of those are rushing touchdowns, which is insane. I, I, I've i never seen, I don't think in my lifetime, actually watching Michigan football, a rushing performance start out this well in a season to start out. Um, I mean, with Corum, Thunder and Lightning, they keep it up. Um, and even Edwards, man. Edwards broke that 58-yard touchdown run, and he looked just like Corum out there. He's just as quick. But like I said, we did what we were supposed to do. And, I mean, that's good to see. And uh, like you said, it's really hard not to drink the Kool-Aid right now. But I'm at least hopefully wait till after Wisconsin to really start getting super hyped up. But, uh, but yeah, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just hard not to. Yeah, yeah. So, so a few things is is that you know, three games. Michigan's leading the nation in rushing average at three uh, three fifty point three a game. Total offense sixteenth at five fourteen a game. Pass one hundred eleventh at one sixty four. So let the haters come out for that. But pass efficiency is twelfth. Scoring's third in the nation. Sacks allowed third. Tackles for loss second. And time of possession forty first. And uh, turnover. Uh, margin uh, 20th so I mean we're, we're right where we need to be right you know you could nitpick things I guess all you want we look good we've we've done what we supposed to, what, what we've supposed to do and you know I'm I'm all about the doom and gloom and and had my heart broke just as much as every other Michigan fan out there but you know you, you really can't complain you got to give this year's team a, a clean slate and let them go you know individually uh quorum is fourth nationally in the arch per carry Haskins is 47th and you know you just imagine if either one of those guys were just the the, the lone workhorse um because both of them oh, are pretty, yeah. they're perfectly capable they'd definitely be in the top 10 five maybe even number one Corm's number tied for fourth in the nation in rushing touchdowns third in rush yards Haskins 33rd in rush yards and uh Corum's third in yards per game at 135 and Haskins is 33rd at 93 so uh, you know, if you got your quote-unquote backup or tailback averaging almost 100 yards a game, that in itself says a lot. Yeah, no, so, I mean, you can't. We, we touched on it, touched on it, touched on it. And, I mean, it's, it's just every week we're seeing it progressively, surprisingly get better every week, even though, I mean, the big boys up front are doing their jobs, which are leading to what we're seeing now. I mean, that's three 300-plus yard rushing performances. Uh, as I – as it was, I texted you in the game, I said, we can't throw the ball, though, right? But as what, we threw for two-something, right, I believe? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, with with everybody. I think Cade threw for 191 for 
with uh, what one one touchdown, that deep one to Cornelius Johnson. Quick note was the third longest touchdown in Michigan history. Yep, yep. And then uh, JJ uh, come in. He was four six for forty two yards. So that's two thirty three mm-hmm. total. Um, and you know, with uh, with all those rushing yards, I forget what it was. Just just under, or just over six hundred total yards. Yep. Six oh six. Six oh six was the was the top uh the final uh yardage. Uh going on the defensive side though, I mean again, they look great. I think 160 yards rushing, I believe. Let me just double check. Yeah, 160. They gave up 161 yards rushing and only 46 passing. So and the big stat for me that game was the two for thirteen on third downs. So they held Northern Illinois to and that's a that's a pretty big stat because once you get them to those third down, that's something we didn't see last year. Is when we get people in the third downs, we weren't stopping them. We weren't getting it done, no matter if it was third and ten or third and two. I've seen a lot more this season where even when it's third down and three, third down and two, the short yardage situations, the defense is still winning those battles up front. Yeah, absolutely. That's been a killer. At some point, NIU was like 0 for nine or something on th- third down conversions. Yeah. They didn't con- they didn't convert a, a third down until well after our starters were out of the game. And, you know, that, that to me, defensively, has been our biggest liability. I can't tell you, just about every third down I've held my breath, and half of them I was swearing afterwards, it seems like, the last, <laughs> the last four or five years. And I love Don Brown, and, it, it, you know, the, the big guys just figured him out. But, uh, you know, he refused to adapt, it seems, in, in those situations. And, and uh, you know, here we are with uh, McDonald and – so far, so good. We look good. You know, we are fourth in the Big Ten, I think it is, for uh, points allowed at 11.33 a game. Actually, we're tied for third with Rutgers. I'd like to see a few more takeaways. You know, we've only given up four touchdowns and two field goals uh, yeah, all year. Points. So, yep, 34 points. So, that that's encouraging. Yeah, and I, I was looking, I mean, and we're outscoring opponents – I think 141, yeah, 141 to 34. So I mean, that's 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 recipe for winning, right there. And yeah. there. that's big. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I read this little Scott Scott Bell, my favorite Michigan follow on on Twitter. You know, he he had put up this little thing about Washington, Arkansas State scored 50 points and threw for 582 yards last week versus Memphis. Oh, yep. And you know, this week, Arkansas took on Washington. They threw the ball 49 times, turned it over uh, three, and scored a total of three points. So maybe, just maybe, Michigan knew what they were doing when they were running the ball against Washington. I read that, and I, I laughed because I was like, yeah, maybe just a little bit. I say you know, that. They had a game, but there, there's – I can't put my finger on it. And, again, I'm not I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid yet, but there, there seems to be something about – something different about Harbaugh this year, too. And, you know, you and I noticed the first game he didn't have khakis on, right? The blue pants, I mean. But um, there's something, uh, I don't know, something just feels a little bit different. Uh, maybe he's a little more, I don't know if he's focused or a little more relaxed or if he's just said, fuck it. And, you know, I'm not going to worry about any, what anybody thinks or says and I'm just going to do me. And he's never really struck me as that guy that has. But like you said, there's just uh, – there's a little bit different feeling, and, and things things are seem uh, seem to be flowing a lot better this year. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, uh, 
I don't know. I don't remember what exactly the actual question was. At his press conference, I believe, on Monday, there was some reporter that just asked him a clown-ass question. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Just It was so long, he was just trying to draw that drag hardball into this conversation about – I honestly don't remember what it was, but just some of the questions that he gets asked, it, I mean, it's just weird. It's like they're just trying to trying to get something out of him to – to make him look the way he was looking before, even though he's just not like he looked at him and told him pretty much like you guys, it's like you guys already have something written. You're just wanting me to add on a little bit to it. So you can say it happened. Right. And I mean, I think it was something to do with the passing game and, Oh, it was about the recruiting. They asked him about uh, with the way that Michigan's throwing the ball, if that's going to affect the recruiting trail. And then he just, just spurted off for about 30 seconds, asking this long question about that. And Harbaugh kind of just looked at him like, that's just a stupid question, dude. Like, I'm, I don't even want to answer that. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, these guys, happened. one, you you know, I, I guess first and foremost, you can't base it off of three games, right? And two, our number one guy went down. So, to me, that's a plus for an incoming receiver. I mean, he, he was going to be gone anyways. And who knows if – I'm sure he'll get a medical if he wants it. Who knows if he wants it or not. You know, we didn't throw the ball because we really didn't need to. And, you know, I thought it interesting that uh, Harbaugh and Cade both addressed that that they heard the chatter the week before. And you know they always do, but rarely do you see coaches at any level or players at any levels admit that they read or listen to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but they both said, yeah, we come out to prove a point. You know, that's why, you know, first I think it was the first play of the game. They took a shot, missed it, but but took one. Um, didn't miss it by much. I mean, no, well, no, it, no. It, was, uh, it was, it was the, he threw it to Baldwin. Baldwin, it hit him right in his hands, but we got the PI on it. Yeah. Yeah. The PI to Baldwin. So, so, you know, you, you just can't base it on, on three games. Um, this week, uh, Rutgers, I think, is going to be interesting. Uh, Rutgers, you know, offensively, we're, uh, we're number one in, in the Big Ten at 47 points a game. Rutgers is is number two at 41 and you know as I said earlier defensively um, we're at 11.3 and and so are they so it'll be interesting to uh, to see what we can uh, what we can do with them and and hopefully that'll be this will be a bigger uh, test for our defense and we can see where they're at yeah for sure going back on the whole wide wide receiver thing real quick talking about Ronnie Bell I mean, this it's not like you said. Uh, we need we needed someone to step up, and it kind of looked like we got two receivers that definitely could step up, and definitely showed this week that they're probably the two best chances to step up. And that was obviously Cornelius Johnson with 100. What do you have? 117. That sounds right. Something like he had over 100 yards receiving. Um, and then you had yeah 117, and then. You had Baldwin. Baldwin, they're both big body receivers, and I mean, that's we'll see which one. But they both look like they want to step up and play, so take that spot. And and then AJ Henning, AJ Henning kind of gives me, uh, at least on the punt return side of the things, kind of gives me that Jabril Peppers vibe back there. He's big, explosive. He can shift quick. I mean, he. I mean, I think he. I don't know what he averaged, but uh, I guarantee it was probably twenty yards punt return. Yeah, if I remember, I think it was 25, just under, just over. So uh, he was – I was surprised by his burst. He's he's quick. 
quick and shifty. All right. Well, before we move on to Rutgers, we'll do one last little topic here about Northern Illinois. And it's an offensive player of the game and a defensive player of the game. Who you got? So offensively, um, you know, it's uh, it's tough. I, I really don't like to hand it out to the same player two games in a row. But I, th- I think I'm going to go with Blake again. You know, he had he had 135 on on uh, boy, I forget the carries already. But uh, 100, he had 125 on 13 carries and three. 125 on 13 carries, and uh, you know, under a half a football. So hats on to him. What's that? So 9.6 yards per carry there. That's yeah. yeah. So you I can't mean, ask him much more. No, you can't. That's you know that's a first down, basically every time he touches the football. We'll take that all day long. I agree with you on that one. That's who I had written down. It was I was going in between him and uh, Cornelius Johnson just because we did. He was a big time threat downfield. I mean, the one he could have had two touchdowns over how over fifty yards. The one uh, I originally thought it was on Cade. I thought Cade overthrew him but it actually looks like in the video he turns his body so much that it slowed him down more where that's that fingertip he needed to get in there. Uh, yeah. Could yeah I, could he turned his like, hips and his shoulders too yeah, early. He, yep. So I think Cade, put, Cade, Cade actually put that ball perfect where it needed to be. I, I, at first I was like, well, okay, first first deep deep throw of the game, and that happens. But we'll, I said I wasn't too worried then. But, yeah, I, I got to go with Blake. I mean, those numbers are just too hard not to go with. 9.6 yards of carry, as I said. And, and then defensively, it really it, – defensively this week was kind of slow. I mean, it there were so many people that got in the game, and they said starters didn't play that long. And, I, I mean, I picked Josh Rosh. I mean, he had six total tackles. But if you actually look at the defensive stats during the game, I mean, there's not much there to look at. I mean, there is, but it's all spread out pretty evenly. Right. Right. I I would guess that, that, you know, you know, as I said earlier, Harbaugh said 106 players played and I would, I would fair to venture that that was, that was pretty split 50, 50 offense defense. Cause there's a lot of guys out there names that I didn't, that I haven't heard before, you know? Um, so, and, and, you know, when you can get those guys that are probably a year away from being a year away, some real live game action, um, that does nothing but uh, help your team, um, you know, in a lot of ways. So, uh, so it was great, but it it was hard to track. And you know, I I had uh, Josh down uh, too, just because it was, you know, as you said, um, it's hard to pick out a star. You know, Aiden Aiden was in there giving them hell. Um, you know, they had two and three guys on him. Um, you know, same as Washington game, they had tight ends chipping him and. You know he didn't he didn't get any sacks, but I think he got a a couple rushes if I remember right, and and he was definitely uh, in their head. So uh, earlier this week on on uh, Get Up, they were talking about him uh, him being an All American already, and I think that's probably a little a little soon, but um, he sure is he sure is playing playing like it. Who was your defensive player? I didn't. Did you pick Josh Ross? Okay, you gave it to Ross too. Okay, yeah, I was like, I was like, I thought that's who you said, but I was, I kind of zoned out. We kind of went squirrel there for a second, listening. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Rutgers. Uh, I mean, Rutgers is usually a team that we can 
somewhat take lightly. I, I, I honestly don't think we can do that this year. Greg Schiano's got them playing what looks to be decent enough ball. I mean, last year when we played them, they, uh, we weren't the same team we are now last year, but they we played, went to overtime with them, double, double triple overtime. Um, I said, we can't take them lightly. We got to go out there and do our job. As Hardball says, not fall in love with what we got, get better and better every day. Um, I mean, they did they did come out yesterday, and Rutgers had suspended two cornerbacks. One was a starter, Max Melton, and the other one, uh, Chris Long, a backup. So there there might be the opportunity to throw tomorrow with a new new body in there, some new bodies in the secondary for Rutgers. So man, so we'll see there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if I remember right, I did a little bit a little bit of follow up on that Rutgers incident, and it was it was a paintball gun that they were fucking around with somebody with. So maybe it'll go away and not be nothing, or um, you know, in today's today's world, maybe maybe it is something. Um, but it doesn't sound like they had bad intentions. Um, from what I understood, it was more of a I don't know if I'd call it a prank, but something that just went a little further than it should and now it's turned into a big headache for them but you know greg shiano's back at rutgers right and yep. <clears throat> um when he was there the first time he had them he, they were a respectable program they weren't a feared program but that wasn't uh whatever it was 79-0 teams that you know oh, yeah that, that we run through and and defensively i think it was kirk herb street i've seen on on twitter uh was talking about you know these guys are street fighters they're coming in and and they're ready to brawl so i really think that it's it's going to be a test and if we uh if we somehow manage to manhandle them i think i'm gonna start drinking my kool-aid out of a 55 gallon drum so uh so we'll see and then the following week you got wisconsin at wisconsin right and we haven't won there in the last eight tries and uh, I haven't told you this, but I'm going to be there. Um, I'm going to go up to Bloomer and visit uh, Jack and or Jeff and Jeanette and and come back down and hit the jump around on that Saturday. So uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that, I'm really hoping that we handle uh, uh, Rutgers and and then we can uh, go up there and and have some good, have a good time with the Badgers. No, yeah, say so have fun. Uh, like I said, I don't want to make this – I don't want to have to put the explicit tag on this again this week. So right. I'm going to I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Uh, but, no, have fun. Like, so that's – I'm excited for you. So that should be a good atmosphere. Definitely one of my top tens atmospheres I want to go to. I, I think Wisconsin isn't the team – I don't think – they're obviously not the same team they usually are. I don't – I'm going to make a really bold statement here. But, I mean, yes, I think Ohio State can turn around. But as of now, I think the Big Ten East, even though, yes, Penn State just beat Auburn, they beat Wisconsin. I think the Big Ten East is going to run through Michigan and Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that – I don't, I don't really even think that's that, that bold. Ohio State's get better. I'd be shocked if they don't. But right now, um, you know, they, they look like a good team, not an elite team. Mm -hmm. um, and right now we look we look elite, um, you know, as elite as you can through three games with with, you know, not a lot going on. Um, Michigan State looks surprisingly tough. Um, you know, Wisconsin's got Notre Dame this weekend that Wisconsin had a bye last week. 
Yep. So yep. we'll we'll see how how that pans out. If if they get run over, you know they might be they might be dead in the water already. Uh, but speaking of Ohio State, something that brought me great joy. I read another thing on Twitter. Their their attendance last week was seventy six thousand. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, so, yeah, so a little shitter in the shoe. All right, now back to Rutgers, real quick. So cover is the spread's nineteen. Michigan's favored by nineteen points. Uh, I mean, I I truthfully think it'll be a close game. I think we'll wear them out in the second half. Like, I think that's when we'll, we'll pull away. I, I mean, I think it'll be like a seventeen ten game and going into halftime, ten ten something like that. But I honestly, I, I I got the final score. My prediction for it is thirty eight to ten. And um, and I got thirty five ten. But I, you know, a lot like you said, I, I'm thinking it's going to be a dog fight the first half, and then you know, just like the old days, is is and you know the 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 elite teams now, you see where the talent and the strength take over. You know, offensive line, we're, we're we are uh, rotating eight or nine people. Defensive line, I, I believe it's right about the same. <laughs> so when you guys, when you get guys in there, and there's little to no drop off in talent, and they're just, you know, they're going as hard as they can for three, four snaps at a time. It's it's tough to beat. You know, our our running game is a great example of that. You know, our whole thunder and lightning. Um, so so we'll see how it goes, but I, I do think um, it's it's going to be a case of the, of us wearing them down, and then. And they'll then we'll pull away, but I think there'll be a lot of people um, sitting on their hands or biting their nails, whatever they do. Uh, you know, the first half. Yep. No, I completely agree. Like I said, I mean, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we come out and do what we usually do to them either. Just just by the way we played. I mean, it could happen. I mean, I. Let me. I mean, Rutgers isn't. They haven't. They haven't really played too many people. I mean, they played Syracuse. And that was a tight game. That was 17 to 10 or 17 to 7. The other two games, Delaware and Temple, they blew them out. Yep. But I mean, Syracuse isn't anything hot, I don't think. No, I, I don't think so either. And so, you know, that that's the thing is that, you know, nobody's really played anybody yet. We, we thought Washington was going to be something and it ended up, not, you know, ended up not being so. But and it, they still might be a decent, a decent team. You know, after after this week, and then Wisconsin, and I guess it depends on what was was what Wisconsin and Notre Dame do. You know, I think we'll have a better gauge of where we're at. And if nothing else, uh, two weeks after that, I believe is Michigan State, October thirtieth. Yeah, that'll that'll be uh, if we both go into that undefeated. That'll be that'll be a fun time. I'll be at that one too. Then. Oh, don't worry. I'll be. Uh, might make a surprise visit, <laughs> but yeah, say, I mean, I, I'm interested and in, like you said, not sucking the Kool-Aid yet, but it's, it's getting there, getting there, yeah. getting there, getting there. We are like, all right, man, this might actually, I said, I, I'll probably wait till after the Wisconsin. I mean, that'll be the big pick right there. Yeah. But, that, uh, that I mean, that's gonna, that's gonna tell the tale, right? Is that, uh, it's a defensive team. Uh, yep. And, you know, it's – I forget what it's – 2004, 2005 maybe since we've won at Wisconsin. That uh, – that's um, that's a challenge, right? Because they're they're always – even though they're not great, they're always a solid team. But, you know, after that, 
Uh, Nebraska Northwestern. Northwestern's at home. Uh, Nebraska showed a little life this last weekend, but Scott Frost about to get fired. So yeah, I don't I don't think they're anything to be scared of. Uh, Mel Tucker's really surprised me at Michigan State. And, you know, we're only last year's kind of an aberration. It's hard to judge because it was a COVID year, but um, and again, they really haven't done. I, I don't think Miami was was anything. I don't think that's as an, an impressive as a win as it. I think it sounds like right now um, and not to take anything away from Michigan state, because I do think they look good, but Indiana, Indiana always plays us tough Penn state. Uh, but you know, November 27th, that's, that's, we beat them. That's the day I'll be officially uh, drinking the Kool-Aid. That's a game I'll definitely be at. If I think we even, if we have a shot, um, I'm not missing that. I mean, last time I thought we had a shot and I went to a game. Yeah. Well, right. You seen how that one went, but but yeah, so I mean, we'll see how it goes, and it's promising though. It looks promising, and that's all I'm gonna say on it. And and, and really, as a fan at this point in the season, that's all you can ask for, right? Competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've you we, most of your life, um, you know, you've sat down and watched the games and not known if we were gonna beat Toledo or or Ohio State, and you know, it's it's been a while for me, right? But Still, the majority of my fandom, I sat down on the couch every Saturday, very, very, very confident that we were going to win, or at least, at the very least, we had a good chance to win. I don't ever remember until, till maybe Lloyd's Cars last year, sitting down and thinking, "Yeah, we got no chance." Never once in thirty years, but the last ten, fifteen, um, it's happened a lot, and. And right now, with the way we're playing, I, I feel like we got a chance. Anybody on our schedule, and and you know, we'll we'll see how the season shakes out, and if we can start talking about playoffs and the SEC and that and that type of stuff. But uh, right now, you know, it looks good. Hey, so would you you were telling me something when I was home about uh, about how them Lions were going to do this year? How about them Lions? They're a great first half team. After that. No, get it. You know, you know what? Uh, I, I still think that they're a six or seven win team, but uh, you know they lost their best, two, their two best defensive backs. Uh, I only watched the first half Monday night, and I fell asleep. But they're a really poor tackling team, and. Aaron Rodgers come out had something to prove, right? If he if if he's he seemed to always have our number, but if we would have beat them, they would have been uh, they probably would have ran him out of town, thinking he quit on the team after the way he looked at in week one. But I, I really think Campbell again. It's kind of like I spoke about Harbaugh earlier. There's something that feels a little bit different about him. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, I was born in 1971, and the Lions sucked for 15 years before that. So, you know, they've been in, they've been inconsistent for uh, 60 years or more, and you're just not going to change that overnight. Um, one thing I think that should be mentioned is that youngest team in all of the NFL, most, uh, I think 13 rookies starting, counting both sides of the ball, and uh, like their average age, it was it was phenomenal. I can't remember what it was, but... They're a young team. Um, they don't have that elite talent, but the, you know the one thing. Even though they lost, uh, 
they lost pretty big. Um, I didn't see, you know, I, I watched the second half Tuesday. They, they fought and tried to stay in the game. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Which one of your five football teams are you rooting for this week? Oh, shut the fuck up. Matt Jones, baby, in the Mac attack. <laughs> Old Kraft Mac and Cheese out there, baby. One and one. Yep. Looking good, but yeah, no. You want to talk about looking good? How about my boy Tom Brady? (laughs) Nine touchdowns already. Did you did you see that that skit? Him and Gronk, and Gronk's like Tom Brady playing to fifty, and he's like, possibly. I'm like, I swear, this man plays till fifty years old. And and you want to know what? Three, four, five years ago, when he said he wanted to play till forty-five, I thought. There is no fucking way. It just can't be done. But I, I believe the man when he says now he did later kind of back off of that with him and Gronk saying his wife would never allow it. Um, you know, he went back to probably two more years. But uh, you know, if he still had that drive, I, I think that he could be I don't know that he could still do it at the level he's at now, but I think he could he could play for somebody till he was fifty definitely if he wanted to. And, but we also, th- I, I thought he wasn't going to be able to be doing what he's doing now at this age when he was 35. And he, right. he said he wanted to play till even 40. And then when he got to 40, it was 45. And I, I mean, he he's literally putting up the same numbers that he was putting up when he was first in the league. Like when he was right like, when they won the three Super Bowls in the early 2000s. Like this is tied for his best start ever. Yeah. And let me just clarify something. Up until about six months ago, you were a Tom Brady hater. You hated oh. Tom Brady. You okay, didn't. maybe maybe like 10 years ago. No, maybe like two years ago, I think it was, that you finally turned no. the corner. No, yeah. it was like 10. It was like, okay, You've been a eight. Tom Brady hater since you were like seven years old. <laughs> oh, why you got to do that to me? You just took my line. <laughs> so it's, oh. it's really cool to see because – my life clock's winding down, but you still got a long ways to go, and you'll never see another athlete in any sport do what he's what what he's done. Um, it, it may never be a done again to be that great for that long. And you know, if 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 him and Tampa Bay happen to win another one this year, holy shit! I mean, they had everybody they had last year, so yeah, yeah, no one. But, yeah, it, it takes a little bit of luck, and, and health is an issue. You know, you, you take Brady gets hurt, Gronk gets hurt, a couple guys on defense get hurt um, and are out for extended times or, or it happens during the playoffs, and, and then, you know, the the whole thing changes. And that's, that's uh, you know, I'm really not a big NFL guy anymore, but uh, definitely watch the playoffs. Um, and I'll catch a little bit of game here and there in the regular season. But that uh, – you know, it's not baseball or basketball or hockey where you got a best of five or a best of seven. It's one game. Um, and you just got to have an off game. And, you know, a, a, a 16 seed can knock off a one and you know, it's all over with. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, man, I, I wouldn't bet against him. No, I don't think anybody will at this point in life. If it, everything he's doing, I mean, it, it's just crazy. But before we close it out here, I just want to touch on the – I guess we'll quickly go over the Tigers real quick. Uh, I mean, since we're getting down there to the end of the season, I mean, it, it was a season that I 
we can still get the 500 on. We're four games under with 10 left to play. I mean, they've won eight of their last 11, and all 11 of those games that we played were all against division leaders, Tampa Bay, Milwaukee, Tampa Bay again, and then Chicago. I think, I mean, looking at our remaining schedule, it's pretty promising that we get to 500 or even above 500. I mean, we have the Royals. Royals, Twins, and Chicago again. So the White Sox. So, I, I mean, I think we have a good shot. I mean, Hinch has done, in my opinion, has done probably the best job he could have did for his first season. You know, he'll um, never get any consideration just because of where they're at. Um, but to me, he deserves consideration for manager of the year with the j- job that he's done for these guys. He's taken them from the seller to, to, you know, it took me a lot longer than you to get on board, but they're one of the, the most exciting teams to watch just because you don't know what you're going to get with them. And, you know, as you, you've you said uh, multiple times in our conversations, I mean, you know, if you throw out that first month of baseball, they're right there. Oh, yeah. So, I think I think they went 9-23 and 23 in the month of April. Yeah. Or something like some crazy number like that. I don't think it's – I think it's a little bit lower than that. And I just did the math in my head, but – you can't, but as me, you've always said, and I mean, I, I know I, you can't, it's 162 games, not May right. tw- 1st to whenever. I mean, like I said, I, if we, if we even win half those games, I think we're, we're at least in the wild card. I, I mean, what's the, the White Sox are pretty far ahead of us. Anyways, the White Sox just having a good season period. I think we're in better position to take that the wild card spot. I think next year, uh, I mean, going, looking ahead, uh, I mean, a lot of good talent. I mean, as you've seen, the Mud Hens just won the Midwest Division. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, you have Riley Green, Dylan Dingler, Spencer Torkelson. I mean, it's it's hard to – and even the people that came up here at the end of the year, uh, Garneau, uh, Parades, uh, I mean, the, the future is – very, very bright. It is. So, uh, so, you know, you and, kind of beat me to, you know, with uh, Spencer Green and, uh, oh, shoot, I just lost the other guy's name. But, uh, you know, they're two of our best prospects, and they're going to be major league ready next year. So you're going to add, uh, you know, quite a bit of talent to a team that's already up and coming. So uh, they should be fun to watch. And I think – and another thing with this offseason is – Tigers can go out to get a shortstop, and they're going to go get uh, Simeon, or they're going to go get uh, Carlos Correa. Um, they're both free agents this year, and, I mean, there's already been a lot of talk. Uh, uh, actually, another podcast I listened to is with uh, The Compound. It's got uh, Zach Short, Ian Happ. Zach Short plays the Tigers. Ian Happ and Dakota Meeks will play for the Cubs organization. Um, they all came up together. Uh, they uh, He pretty much said it. Uh, that they're going to go shot that they're going shopping for either Simeon or Correa in the off season. He said yeah. that. And I was like, so I mean, we can get, I, I think I'd rather have Correa. Correa's got more power. Correa's to me, I think a better fielder. Well, and you know, we're close enough now that I think it's time for Chris Illich to put up or shut up. You know, he's basically said, Hey, I, I'm going to do what my dad did. Um, if, if we're, if we're close, um, and, you know, I get why they haven't spent the money the last five years or whatever it's been. Um, I wouldn't either if I was in their position. But, 
um, it'll be interesting to see if if they kind of, you know, if, if they think we're one superstar away from from being a serious World Series contender, that they pull the trigger and, and do it, you know. Um, probably be hard to do for the next two years just because we got Miggy on the book still, but we'll, we'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. And, and, you know, I know we're, we're kind of over our time limit today already, but um, the Red Wings might be exciting too. So. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. So I definitely think looking at them, I mean, they made some great offseason hire uh, signings of Suter and I can never say the goalie's name they just signed, but goalie was a big, was a big spot we were needing. And, um, they got the dude from Carolina. Um, I can't never say his name right. It's a Russian name. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it's it's going to be say the future of Detroit looks bright. So Swords, Pistons, Red Wings, maybe the Lions and then Tigers. So hopefully uh, it'll go and we'll get this done. But say we'll uh, we'll go ahead and close this episode out today and. Uh, uh, follow us on Facebook at Tall and Taller TNT and on Twitter at Tall and Taller 11. Say go blue and hail. Hail.